Perfect time. We're going to start right now. Boker Tov. Shavua Tov. Baruch Hashem, we get to learn again. I'm very excited about it, and it's been way, way, way too long. But uh, we're going to make the most of it, and Shalom Aleichem to all those that are learning with us online as well. Um, okay, Boker Tov, everyone. So, I want to get right to it, because we have so much to cover in such little time. But one of the things that stands before a person at this stage in, at this stage in the year, that is this fear and trepidation, not only from standing before HaKadosh Baruch Hu Yom Adin, but it's also, oh my God, I have to deal with the Mahzav. I have to deal with the Mahzav. I have to deal with a bunch of words that were written so many years ago, by people that I'm sure thought about me and loved me and cared about me. But on a certain level, I, there's a place in you, in, in each and every one of us that says, you know what? I just want to come, I just want to show up my own, me and my own machzor that I write. I want to have my own machzor. I want to have my own, my own words that I write for myself. And it's a very beautiful ratzon that that's there. Because everyone, everyone wants that. That's why it's one of the reasons why we're so makbid on, on trying to write tefillahs and make sure that we can express ourselves that way. Because that's our lashon, it's our language. And to here. So. What we're going to be doing over here this, this morning, and hopefully every morning, uh, that we have a chance to learn on Sundays during, around this Tkufa of the Chagim, is that we're going to try as much as we can to find a way in to the, a lot of the words that we're going to be saying, to have perish because if we feel more at home with words that we're going to be saying, Mimeila, we're going to have a wonderful, wonderful experience as it is this year's experience of davening has been very different and will be very different this coming year. But we're going to do our best. We're going to do our best that we can to try somehow to find ourselves inside of there. So, you know, we're going to, we're going to jump right inside. We have a beautiful Torah to learn today. And I can't believe Slichas is this once a Shabbos already. That's crazy. I don't know what will be. Meaning, we'll say slichas, I just don't know what format we're going to be saying slichas. And this is going to be one thing that we're going to be learning about, about slichas, at least for, for now. This, I mean, I always apologize when I say we're starting slichas, despite the Shekhar have been saying slichas for a while already. But uh, for the rest of us, it's only going to be saying that we're starting this weekend. There's a beautiful, beautiful melody. There's a beautiful tune that they sing in, uh, in Lubavitch that I, I love so much. I sing it all year long because it really does, it's a really beautiful melody. Um, you know, I'll sing it one time because it's really the theme of today's, of today's shir. Oy 
Rachmana, Deonei Lisvidei Libo, Oyanino, Oyanino, Rachmana, Deonei Lisvidei Libo, Oyanino, Oyanino, Rachmana, Deonei, Deonei Lanie, Oy vey aleinu, ay rachamana deh onni deh onni lani. Oy vey these are such beautiful words. These words are like, um, you hear them and you, you know that if everything's in a certain way, everything's going to be okay. And these are the words of Snichas that we're going to be learning today. And next week, Be'ezer Hashem, we're going to be learning more the words of Rosh Hashanah. And the week after that, we're going to be learning about words of Yom Kippur. We're just going to catch a few words that are going to be things that are become, be coming out of our mouth anyway. And Be'ezrat Hashemit Barach, try to understand it. The Sikha we have today in front of us is from a contempt, someone that's alive today. Baruch Hashem, I love when we have the opportunity to, love from, to learn from modern day tzaddik. And this is Reb Asher Weiss. Have you heard of Reb Asher Weiss? Yeah? Have you, uh, uh, did anyone here not hear of Reb Usher? So did you ever, did you see, um, there was someone during this virus that's been in the Haredi community that's been coming out very strong and very clear about not, about basically listening to the rules. So Reb Usher Weiss, the Minchas Usher, he, a, he was born in um, the early 50s. He's one of the most greatest Hamidei Chachamim we have today. He was raised in a Kloisenberg Hasidisha family in Borough Park. Now he's in Yerushalayim. He's an Avbeistin. He has a bunch of schools. And, and, and surely he's, he's really out of this world. And he's uh, also so clear. He's very, very clear. Um, one time I flew with him. I sat like two rows behind him and from South Africa to Israel. And I was like, I couldn't believe it because no one was sitting next to him. And I saw like, Oh my God, how long is the flight? 12 hours, Mashkaze, right? What is it? Who's here from? Mashkaze, right? 12 hours. And I was like, oh my God, I have 12 hours with Reb Usher, with Reb Usher Weiss, two rows in front of me. And I did the best thing in the world that I could have done. I didn't bother him, not for one <laughs> second. It was, the, it was the smartest thing I could have done. And I just looked at him. <laughs> it was great. I looked at him sleep, looked at him just eating stuff. He's really a gadol. I don't know what it is. For me, it's. I love his accent. Even his accent, I love. I don't know why. And so it's like an interesting European Borough Park Yerushalmi accent. So his Torah is very sweet. You'll see in a second. Let's go right inside. Does anyone need papers? Everyone has? Whatever you need? Okay. It sounds like this. Rabusha is saying, you know, last night I, I said Srikas and I, and I noticed something. And I want to talk about what I noticed because it really stood out. We're going to explain what that means in Aramaic in just a second. That's the nigun we just sang. Last night when I was saying slichas, 
No screaming. And my lips were whispering the words of Slichas. There was a piece that I said together with everybody in Am Yisrael. But I noticed something weird that I was feeling after I was saying it. Um, I think that's Nechama. I can't even tell. Really. Yeah. Okay. He said, I said the following words. The one that answered Avram Avinu and Aram Moriah, he should answer us. The one that answered Yitzchak on, on the Akedah, he should answer us. Remember, and this is in the Misha'ana, in the Slichot, the one that answered so-and-so, Hu Ya'aneinu. Mish, and then we end off by saying, Misha'ana lechol ha-tzadikim, ha-chasidim, ha-tmimim, va-yisharim, Hu Ya'aneinu. And the one that answered all the tzadikim, all the righteous ones, he shall answer us. Now let me ask you something without you reading ahead. What could be bothering him? What could what you what can be a little bit weird with this tefillah? Anything anything pop up for anybody? Why is this? Why would this seem to be a little bit distant from us? Gavalt, so you answered Avram Avinu. I'm going to say because you answered Avram Avinu, you should answer me. Very good. You hear? It's a very simple tehia. I'm wondering, like, doesn't? Okay, but me, unless I have, you know, very, very high self-confidence, right? And I've worked on myself thoroughly through this COVID and realized that's my tikkun, right? To just really believe in myself as much as possible. For the Pashta Yid, it's very hard to say, Ah, Ribbona Shlema, Mishan Halavam Avinu, Uyaneinu. So he asks, this is what he asks. Teyak Dola Alta Belibi. Why should he answer because of this? Isn't this um, Azut Metzach is like haughtiness? Like haughtiness. We're going to say that God should answer us the same way he answered these masters, these giants. Like, how are we coming to Hashem? The one that answered all the chaver. And that's a very good shayla. Because we, we don't want to pretend that because we had an Elo wake-up call, we fall into, the, into that category of people that we know we want to be Ba'asher Husham, who we really are. None of us feel good when we come out of Elul and Tishrei and we're like, oh, so I, I guess I put, on a, I put on a pretty good show for myself, for my family, for my shul, for my chevra, in Elul and in Tishrei. But I, I want to come out of that Kufa. I want to be in this Kufa, this period right now, wherever I'm at. God, I'm, I'm angry at you. 
I wanted to come, I, I wanted to be part of the way that I daven. Sorry. Hashem Yisbarach, I'm shocked at the way things are. I want that to be part of the way I'm davening. Hashem Yisbarach, I'm frightened. I want that to show up in my davening as well. I'm happy. Could be, but none of us can say, you know, the fact that I'm such a righteous, holy person, I want that to show up in my davening as well. Because if you say that, you're already out of the ballgame. So how do, we get, how do we deal with this very interesting thing in Slichot? Now, I, I just want you to know that every year, I always deal with like two or three chevra that have already decided they're not going to Slichot this year because they sound like a bro. They feel like they, they don't connect to it at all whatsoever. And every year we try to figure out a way how to get into Slichas. So I found this to be like, for me, no problem. I found this to be like an ultimate thing. Rabbi Asher Weiss says, you know, my heart tells me something. This is why we, right after we say what we just said, we add in Aramaic, Rachmana de Ane Laaniye Aneinan. Rachmana de Ane Lisvile Liba Aneinan. Rachmana de Ane Lemakechi Rucha Aneinan. Now let's explain those words in Aramaic. Rachmana. What's Rachmana? Does anyone know? The Abishter. Well, what does the Abishter mean? But. We all know that means a Kaddish Rachmana, Hashem, the one that answers us, answers the Aniye, the poor people, Aneinan, answer us. Rachmana de Aneli Svire Liba. Svire Liba is such a perfect name for either a shul, a school, a yeshiva, a seminary, or an album, a book. It's such a beautiful combination of words. Tvire Liba. You know what Tvire Liba means? Shvurei Lev. Doesn't, uh, what's his name? Didn't he just come out with a great song? Those words? Hanan Ben-Ari? Shavur Lev. Did anyone see that recently? No? Rachmana de'ane lisvirei liba. Master of the world. The one that answers the broken hearts, answer us. Rachmana de'ane lamaki cheirucha. The broken spirits, aneinan. Answer us. So Rabbi Weiss is saying, you know, right after we say the tzaddikim, chassidim, Avon, Avinu, Yitzchak, Yaakov, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who am I asking you to answer? And the poor, broken spirit, broken-hearted, tvirei liba. Now I want to sing that nigan again, and you tell me if this sounds like a broken-hearted nigan. Okay? Now that you know the words. Rachamana de ane de ane la nie oi vei ane no Rachamana de ane la nie oi vei ane no oi Rachamana de ane Rachamana de ane lisvide liba oyanena oyanena. You would think that a song that talks about the broken spirit and the broken heart should sound something like this: Rachamana de ane lisvide liba. Right? There's this. In, this is the Babachanidim, there's this fire, and you have to see videos of them singing this in 770 when the Rebbe was, was around there. 
there's a dancing, dancing. Why is this? How could you have such dancing when you say, Master of the world, answer the brokenhearted? Why would you dance? Bro answer the ones that are, that are uh, aniyim, that are, that are poor. Why would you start dancing? So, here you go. So, you know what a joy it is to know where you are, where you're at in life and to be like conscious and aware of where you're at. It's a very big joy. So the chassid that knows, I'm a sviri liba, I'm shavur ruach, I'm broken in my heart. And from there, I'm coming and asking you, Hashem, answer me. I'm going to dance. I'm going to sing. Because that is where I'm at. And there's nothing more beautiful than davening from the place where you're at. Basher Weiss says it's true. Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, you answered them. That's where they were at. And I'm going to now daven to you from where I'm at. He answered in the bottom paragraph here. Aside from the chasidim and the tmimim that merit through proper judgment and they receive reward because they deserve to be answered based on their righteousness. God also answers those that are broken hearted and low in spirit. Hashem is close to the broken hearted and will redeem those of broken spirit. Yeah. Story um, that Klein shared with us on Shabbos. And Balshamta was like, what, why are you saying this like really happy tune? It's more like al and al And he said, it's a mashal of like a, a garden, a beautiful garden that the king likes to uh, sit in. But at some point there was like some garbage and then some more people threw some garbage and then there was some rotten fruit that was thrown on it. And, and it was like very, very smelly. So the king stopped going to the garden. And um, one day like the prince realized that the king wasn't going to the garden anymore. So he cleaned up all the garbage, put it all in a bag, and it was like very, very smelly and gross. But as he was walking out of the garden, he was like, oh, I cleaned up the, started singing this like happy song because he was cleaning up the garden and the king was going to be able to come to the garden again. So it's like that same idea that we're like, um, we're, we're, we're getting rid of the sin. We're, we're getting rid of the schmutz in the garden and it's hopefully not going to be so smelly anymore. Amen. 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 So here in this in this piece, what we're focusing on over here now is going to see two two things. Aleph, we're going to see. Well, why did I have to go into Aramaic and say that? Why why, why can't I just say that in Hebrew? That's a very, it's one shaila. It's a very, very important thing. And the other one is he's going to explain over here what's the difference between being answered with din and what's the difference between answered bechesed. And can chesed be din? We're going to explain this in a second. So look at the next page. I'm sorry about the uh, 
the way it came out, but you, you have it. And this is really beautiful words, and it's one to remember. Makom miyuchad yesh lemala, bishvil eile haponim ala kadosh baruchu bikfifus koma, benemichas ruach ubeshivrom lev. There's a special place up there for those who turn to Hashem bikfifut koma. That means by bending down, with, with low spirit and with a broken heart. That's where we're hanging out, Rabbi Asher says. That's where we're choosing to, to come from. With a broken spirit and a broken heart. That even if we're not from all, if we're not included in all the people we just mentioned, right? Avram Mitzvah Yaakov then, all of them, and then the Hasidim, Tmimim, Yishanim, even if we're not included amongst that group, what can we say about ourselves? Oh, Master, we're so broken and confused and lost. That, that definitely, I'll put myself in that category. So amongst everyone else, have Rachmanes on us as well. You know, it's interesting. If we were, if, if we were somehow on the calendar this year, if this, if Slichas, or if the beginning of this Magefa was now, it'd be a very different feeling going into Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Because everyone would feel very excited and elated that they're on the brink of something messianic. But that was on Pesach. Mm-hmm. That's what we all felt on Pesach. Exactly. That's exactly what we felt on Pesach. It's each and every one of us. If you would have interviewed us two minutes before Pesach, I remember Yossi had a, the Chabura get-together, i never forget this, get-together online, Erev Yantiv, and we, we started discussing what are we going to feel like if, God forbid, Mashiach doesn't come tonight when we open up the door for Eliyahu and Avi. And it wasn't like a cute, he wasn't trying to be cute. We were really in that zone. Okay, that was... Six months ago, right? Five months ago. Shtvirei liba, Our hopes have been so high this year. And we're still, we went back to a world where it's Gal Shenina, whatever this means, the second wave. And we're sending our children to school, some of us, most of us. We're waiting for the call to pick them up because everyone's going into Bidud again, probably, right? Like, it's amazing. I really thought Mashiach was coming this year. I really thought there was going to be Geula. I really thought that I was becoming someone absolutely refined, Leo Seder. It wasn't just that Mashiach was coming and I was excited for Mashiach to come. It was that I was excited who I was becoming during this process as well. The parent I was going to be, the spouse I was going to be, the yid I was going to be, the, the mamin, the believer I was going to be. And now, months later, and I'm looking back at that itlavut of Erev Pesach. Efo ani ve'efo ze. So that's why it, it really stems for me, for me very much. So it's like, Ribbona Shleilam. At a certain point, I thought it was a chassid. I was a tamim, I was a tzaddik. But it's clear to me. Rachmana de'ane la'aniye. I'm so poor. I'm not trying to say this as a nebuch. I'm saying this in terms of what I have to hold on to. What am I grasping? What am I holding on to? 
but there's room for me in the machzor right over there. There's room for me in slichas right over there. And in fact, that is dafka, why it's an Aramaic, which we're going to see in just one more minute. This is the reason why we say these words in Aramaic. Chazal say, the angels don't understand Aramaic. Whatever this means, right? Mevakshim anu bilashon aramit. Tosfos says in the Gemara in Brachas that when we don't want the angels to understand our bakashot, say it in Aramaic. Now let me ask you, why wouldn't we want the angels to understand our bakashot? We even have a tefillah in Slichas that says, Machnisei uh, rachmim, hachnisu rachameinu lifnei, hachnisu lifnei bala rachmim. You know that song? What could be a reason that we don't want angels to understand our prayers? Um, is that what you're right, saying? Something, a, something unique. Your friend. So, and, okay. Okay, go ahead. To validate yeah. that, that truth. That what? That we have. That Hashem a, desires a dwelling us. place with us and not just with the angels who do. We have Ratzon, we have will, we uh-huh. desire. Whereas the angels aren't able to utilize it. Yeah. Also, angels have a lot of time. No one's against the Ham Yisrael. Like the, the Hashem. So if Hashem will say, right. will say, you see? And again, they look at them. They're just it's true. Keep messing up. Like angels haven't really been that like <laughs> helpful to us in the past. It's not like you know, like what's the first interaction in the Torah we really have with an angel that that's like uh, that 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 we see like they really play a role in our lives in the Torah. What's that? Gan Eden, when he was creating man, No, the Malach, no, not really the Malachim, no. Avram with the, with the Malachim, yeah, they come, but they don't really tell him the best of news. No, I'm talking about in the Torah for a second. I'm just saying, let's go back in the Torah. Where, where, where else? Definitely Saro Shel Esav, that tried to really, and really hurt him, right? So it's not like, oh, send me an angel. It's like such a, no, I'm I'm good. Like <laughs> you guys do your thing, and I'm gonna continue to try to do my thing. Why? What? What's the? Because angels are not the way that we made it to be. Like in Hollywood, where it's like everyone is a guardian angel. Our like you're saying, the angels have played a role. Remember when Hashem wanted to give us the Torah? What the angels told Hashem? Are you sure? Mamash. No bchira. Everything is, everything is either din, no, sorry, everything is din. If you deserve it, you deserve it. If you don't deserve it, you don't deserve pashut mead. Everything is din by an angel. Everything, everything, I don't know if they have angelic traffic in the morning. No. 
So he says over here, this is why we don't say in Aramaic. This is why we don't say it in Hebrew. Why? Because Aramaic, it's a bypass. When you say certain things in Aramaic, it's a bypass. Bypassing the Lashon that an angel understands. Why? Because an angel is going to say, what, what would happen if an angel, under, we said these words in Hebrew? Let's say like this, Hashem, uh, answer, Hashem, ta'ane latfilot shel shvurei halev. What is an angel? Let's say, this is all kivyocho. An angel hears that. What does it say to Hashem? Why would you? Lama? Aniim. They're admitting. They're admitting they don't deserve it. Why would you do it? Because they have no concept of, the, of, the, of this world of chesed. To them, it doesn't, that doesn't work. It shouldn't be like this. Yeah? I offend. Oh, wow, that's so interesting. The phone. Oh, it makes perfect sense. We're saying, like, whoever needs, whoever doesn't have anything, come and eat. So the angel would hear that and say, if you don't have anything, it's because you probably don't deserve it. That's also That's very, you saw this Torah, like, about why we dafka say in Aramaic there. Very interesting. I never saw that. Next paragraph. It's not an angel's territory at all. This is a very personal, Jenny, this is, I think, what you were saying. This is a very direct relationship with Hashem's Ratzon, that there should be a dwelling and a, and a continuous harmony between us. Okay, so now he's saying very, something very important. Rachamim is higher than Din. It's not like, oh, Nebuch will let you in. He said, if you can be in touch with Rachamim, that's much higher than judgment. Angels are jealous of this. So that in order that they don't like mix in, and lelamed uh, chova, which means to judge, to judge harshly, Am Yisrael, punim anu lakadosh baruch hu beatzmo belashon shezar lo yavin. We turn to Hashem in a language that no, no no foreigner can understand. Why? And this is very important for us to remember always, but definitely this El. Ki kasher hakadosh baruch hu dan otanu b'midat arachamim. When Hashem judges us mercifully, in kits. What do you think that means? This midah, huh? How would that manifest? What would that manifest in terms of how I act? If Rachmim has no kits, if the midah of Rachmim is endless, what would, what would be different about the way that I... I become a Rahman, that's one. I would, I would hopefully... You don't give up. That's really what it is. Meaning, I can show up Roshani M. Kippur, Slichas, with the dirtiest bag in the world. Okay? I, I could. But if I understand that Hashem's Mida of Rachamim Aleph exists, and Bet in its nature, it means it's endless... Then what is it? Then is there anything that I could have done 
that would prevent my tefillah, if right now I felt like talking to Hashem from being accepted or being heard? Nothing. Shum davar. Nothing. Could also work the other way, though, which is in a, in a very unhealthy way. Because if I say, if I play the game of, listen, Hashem's rachmin is endless, I can get away with anything. No, we don't, we don't live like that. He knows your thoughts, so you can't get away with it. Nachon. Nachon. We forget that, though. Yes. We forget that he knows our thoughts. <laughs> Nachon. So, v'halo ha'davar pil'i, next page, v'halo ha'davar pil'i, ve'en lo pesher klal b'midasadim. This is a very wondrous thing, and it doesn't add up at all. It's almost like, why would Hashem ever use din if rachamim is endless? What do you think? Would it, is there a reason that Hashem should ever use the midah of din when he looks at us? Same way that as a parent, you have to use the midah of din with a child to protect them from danger, to teach them the right way. To... Well, but din, but din doesn't only mean um, an onish. It doesn't only mean... Like Kvulot. Kvulot, no, but I'm saying din can also mean what you really deserve. Midah sadin. What do you really deserve? It's not about that. It's about awakening us. So if you're not awakened with Hakamim, then I'm going to awaken you with, with, with Din. But I'm saying, is it possible to think that it's healthy when Hashem looks at us to judge us with Din for certain people because that's really what Megillem? For instance, What Mida did Hashem use when He judged Avram Avinu at Haram Moriah? Din or Chaz or Achamim? Okay, I have to sharpen my questions. I don't think I'm coming across clearly. All the people that we mentioned before over there, when they were answered, Nisha Anna, because they got what they deserve, which is exactly getting that's what I'm trying to say. Getting what you deserve for sometimes. Is, is beautiful. It's a great thing. You're a gavalt. You deserve it. That's din. That's not rachamim. Do you understand that? You want to work. What's that? It, it uh, enables the concept of work. Using your free will to work for something. Betach, meaning, would it exist? if I get something because I worked so hard on myself and received it, as opposed to getting it because Hashem has rachmanis on me, it changes my whole psyche. Nachon? It changes everything. That's what that's what Din says. Ba'alo hadavar pili ve'en lo pesher klal midasadim. Halo chata hachotev ve'en be'ados chut lachidol lachesed. Ve'akadosh Baruch Hu noten lo mishelo b'mat naschinam. Ve'chimidat hamishpat yeshkan. He's saying this is really out there. What really out there? The fact that we talk about like God, the judgment day, and then we're like, well, during judgment day. There is this thing that we know we can really tap into, which is called, I'm deciding on Judgment Day to be in tune with my Midah of Rachman. Rav Asher says, do you ever stop and think about that? Isn't, that? isn't that huge? Isn't that wondrous? It's a beautiful, beautiful thing that we don't think about too much because we're worried so much about merits and non-merits and it's all good and it's got to shape us. And you have to have that in your consciousness. But the fact that there's something that's called Midas Arachamim, and it has no end, ain't case. 
is a completely different way of understanding the relationship that Hashem has with us and that He wants to have with us. Even more than that. Let's say you're on a scale, they're throwing all your actions of tough shin pain onto a scale, and what happens? Absolutely even. What do you do? And then Satan's like, you know what, God? There's some, I got one more. There's certain things you didn't see. I've been keeping them uh, for right now. We could, we could come to a decision right now. I'm just going to throw it on this side. Right? That, that's, that's, what it's, that's what it can do. It's like God forgets certain things, by purpose, and he's like, you know what? The side of the scale of chesed, that's where, that's where we're going to go to with this. This is like a wondrous thing. The comment, now, how do we know that Hashem actually does that? What do you think? How do we know that Hashem actually does quite often go to the side of chesed and that's how he decides to, to judge us. You realize we're still sitting here, right? Erev Pesach, based on the news, it seemed for a few minutes that this was nice, it was cute, it was a nice attempt, but no, it's not working. Got to get rid of this this time around too. We're still here. We're still here, and, and I don't know, I would love to say that it's because Megiyalanu, you know, that each and every one of us is definitely Megiyalanu, but us being here, looking around and acknowledging that we're still here is a testament to the Mida of Chesed that Hashem decided to judge most of the world with last year, okay? The Kama Niflaim Dvarav Rabbeinu Hamabit Besifro Beit Elokim so now we have another thing that we can hold on to when we say Shmona Asri. When you're davening Shmona Asri, this Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, you're going to say something that you've said many years, but you may have not understood it. Vaigba, it says like this, Kadosh Atah you're, you're holy, your name is holy, there's no one else but you. Kakatuv, Vaigba Hashem Tzvakot Bamishpat. What does that pasuk mean? Vaigba Hashem Tzvakot Bamishpat. So, first of all, what's the word Vaigba? You lift up where? In Mishpat. You lift your head up, Vaigba Hashem Tzvakot Bamishpat, meaning. When there's a mishpat and there's a din over here, Kadosh Baruch Hu, you're so, you're so holy. What's one of the reasons why I'm saying you're so holy? Because just so often you choose to just lift up your head from what you see in front of you, from the cheshpan that you see in front of you. And I'm going to lift up my head and I'm going to make myself as if I don't see really the scale and what's in front of me. mishpat. So the ma'abit, the paper says like this, Vehu. When 
בחטא דרך כלל, ולא בפרטי הדברים, שבשעת עשיית החטא, אשר עליהם נחשב החטא יותר חמור. I think what he's saying is like this, this is wonderful. He says, when a Kaddish Baruch who wants to do a mishpat, not just chesed, but he wants to do a judgment. So what does he do? Hashem Yisbarach lifts his head, and he says, not only al pi rachamim, do I want to give this to you? I want to grant you a beautiful year and life and all the riches in the world based on mishpat, based on ki v'yachol, what seems to be how so? I don't see these other things. What are you talking about? This evidence that's been brought to me, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. So based on what I see, Hashem is saying, even based on what I see, a beautiful life, which is even more beautiful than just getting a matnas chinam. You understand? I'll try to, yeah. I'll try to say this a little bit clearer. None of us want handouts. We'll take it. We'll take it if we need it. But none of us really feel good about getting handouts. But again, when it's a life or death situation, we'll take the handout. But the higher thing would be is if somehow I stand on trial and Hashem comes to the conclusion based on mishpat that I deserve all this good. Wouldn't I, what would that do to me? I would feel... Elated, I would feel empowered. I would feel so uh, new and fresh, and I'm like, "Yalla, I can do this," and not like one of the which is also beautiful. Because Hashem answers that. But one of the great things Hashem does is that He lifts His head. This is one of the ways of understanding this parish. He lifts His head when Satan comes and says, "You know, there's all these other things over here that that, that this Yidla did, and Allah they them. I don't know if they deserve it." God is staying with the din, and he's saying, Al din, from what I see, you deserve all the good in the world. And the difference between that and getting goodness through a handout is worlds of difference. Adina? Yeah. Um, I just want to ask, Todd is relevant, but um, being alive, is there being Many people would say no. And they would say no because they feel like being alive is a punishment for them. Well, even just in regards to people, um, people who are dying, right? So, so we're saying that's a punishment. What do you think? What do you feel about your life? You know, I just think in, in response to that question of like, obviously I shouldn't show us chesed by this alive. I just don't, I don't want to do it. Because people that don't have life is what? I guess for, for that reason, for that reason that for people who, who are dying or mm-hmm. who have died, I don't see that as a punishment. You see that as what? As a chesed? For certain people? I don't know. I think of death as a punishment. Well, it's very, listen, it's a very uh, philosophical question what you're asking. Um, 
but in every you know every single day when 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 we're talking about sim shalom tova racha chaim chaim vachesed verachmim, that literally means like you know give me give me life. Life. I think that this is it's more of a goal that what that I should feel that being alive is a is a is is chesed. That when I wake up in the morning, when I say modeani, that I feel like if you woke me up today, it's because I probably didn't mess up on the wrong side of the scale, maybe. But I hear what you're saying about like looking at death and being like, oh, so that's a punishment? This is like what Shlomo Melech says, these are things that we, we don't understand. We can't understand. It, it seems like I think it's very, very hard to say it, but I think it's almost like one of the ultimate ideals for a person to strive for, to feel that. If you reframe life as a, an opportunity, because we have opportunity when we wake up to give or to take whatever. Mm-hmm. If chesed is giving, then maybe it's more palatable mm-hmm. as an opportunity. Because when you're dead, there's no more shiva, there's no more. Mm-hmm. There's no, no more mitzvahs. Shiva. That's it, it's done. So maybe you feel alive. That's better. Mm-hmm. That's better. That's the thing when you stop looking at it on the individual level. You can think about Hashem is allowing the world to be That's Hashem. And that's our focus on this individual chosen to continue to live this one with Look, the stuff that I mean, it, what we're bringing up now was a two and a half year debate in the Gemara between Beis Shammai and Beis Zillow regarding is it better for man have to be created or not? Mm-hmm. This is not like a simple thing. This was exactly what, what Chazal was were thinking about. And remember what the con- con- conclusion was. The conclusion was, it's, it, well, it doesn't say better, it's an interesting Lashon. You know what the Gemara says, what word? It says, Noach lo. It's, it's, it's more comfortable. Noach lo adam shelo nivra. It, it is more comfortable for a man, woman, for people to not have been created. But then it says, but since they're created already, just make the best of it, right? It's like a very, it's a very, very, it leaves us with a lot of different questions and a lot of wondering, like, okay, so it's, I, again, these are things we can't get into too much, but I actually really like what you said, because you're right, many people are given life, and you're like, <laughs> not that girl, right? That guy, right? That guy, that guy, yeah. Uh, him, they like vemet. They get that's Hashem's chesed, and it doesn't. And it, you're right. It doesn't. It, it doesn't seem right. Not, not that it doesn't seem right that God made a, a mistake, but that it doesn't add up with our understanding of what you brought up. Like that, you're right. It doesn't seem. But it's the ultimate. The ultimate way of living is that if I wake up in the morning feeling like it's an opportunity. That is chas. That is that is like the greatest gift in the world. 
not just the gift to be alive, but the great to feel that being alive is something good, that's everything in the world. It's like many people, when they dive into, this is another Torah we've said before in the past. There's, how many books are there on Vashonin and Kippur? Usually, how do we think? It's two books. There's Sefer Chaim, And then there's like the Sefer of not so much Chaim. I don't want to say the word, right? Then there's another book, and that's called Sefer HaChaim Lamancha. Tzuchreinu L'chaim, Melech of Itzbachaim, Bechosveinu Besefer HaChaim, Lamancha Elokim Chaim. I said this over in Shul many years ago, about this kid that sang for me a nigun. He sang it with a little bit differently of, of, of the way that you usually sing it. And he put the comma, instead of after Bechotveinu Besefer HaChaim, he put the comma after the word Bechotveinu Besefer HaChaim Lamancha. That's another book. Sefer HaChaim Lamancha is the book that we're talking, that really you're bringing out right now. It's not just a book of, write me in the book of not dying. Write me in the book of HaChaim Lamancha, that I'm living for you. Because that's the greatest gift in the world, that I feel that every morning when I wake up. And here in Eretz Yisrael, what a schut we have to really tune into this on a much more personal, personal way. Because that, that feeling of Achaim Lamancha, me being here, me being Mekadish, the land, me bringing down mitzvahs in Gedusha, me bring, being my Shabbos table here in Eretz Yisrael, it's really like a, a, a beautiful entry into Sefer Achaim Lamancha. Okay, let, 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 let's, uh, I know it's hot, so let, let's, uh, let's finish this up. So again, we did say that one of the things Hashem does is that mishpat, that He lifts His head up in Mishpat, and even Al Pidin, Hashem comes to the conclusion that Megiyalcha. But even if not, we know we have this world called Rachmana, Desvire Liba Anena, from Slichas. So He says like this: Kama Gedola Midata Rachamim. Just think about this for a minute, for a split second. How how massive this midah of Rachmim is. Ki kasher HaKadosh Baruch Hu dan b'mitzvot u'masim tovim shel Yisrael, mitbonen hu b'pirtei ha-pratim k'dei l'agdil z'chuyotenu. What does Hashem choose to focus on? It's um, when He's looking at us and He's trying to do it al pi din, in a holy way. Hashem takes a magnifying glass and looks at our z'chuyot and says, well, this is the only thing I can see over here. Sorry, Satan. Sorry, angels that are trying to convince me otherwise. I don't know what you're talking about. This is all I see in front of me. He's kind of like a Zamra us. Right? It's kind of like he's doing a Zamra. What he's saying over here is that he's doing like Rabbi Nachman about a Zamra. You think that's how Hashem looks at us. That's when he looks at our mitzvahs. He makes them, he blows them up. Like when you want to boost your child's confidence. And they're able to do like one good thing in the morning or they were able to succeed in one small thing, and you make it so big. So I know there's schools of thought that say you're setting your kid up for a failure in the future because, you know, that's not really going to get them anywhere, right? But if it gets them somewhere for the moment to connect to the next good thing that they can do, you gave them the the whole world. You gave them everything. So this is how he's explaining. He's saying, Hashem Yitbarach looks at our mitzvahs, and I want us... However, I really want us to believe this as we're going into Slichas now. That when Hashem looks at us and He's going to look inside our, our Maasim, that He's going to take a magnifying glass and make our mitzvahs and the details of our mitzvahs 
that much bigger and the focus and the projection is going to be on that, you know what that does to us? It makes us feel like, oh, you think that's beautiful, Hashem? Just wait. I'm going to give you so many more things to take a magnifying glass and look at and make much, much bigger. But when Hashem is busy dealing with the Averas, <laughs> he says, when, we, when he does Averas, forget about magnifying glass. He, he goes on a, on a ma'of, he goes like really, really high and looks at it like that. Kinesher. Kirota um, Nesher, like the eagle, meaning he's looking at it from a bird's view. So he's not looking at it closely. He sees the Averas are there, but they're not that big in his eyes. No magnifying glass, it's there. This is the chesed, this is the rachmet mashem. He doesn't look at the details you did when you did an Avera. And it's as if he only sees the things that stand out and that are very big. When you do a mitzvah, you have to realize when Hashem is going to look at you, bless you, he's going, to, he's going to say, wow, and then you did this part of the mitzvah, and then you thought about this when you were doing the mitzvah, and then that mitzvah had a hashpah on someone else, and then that mitzvah made you even feel closer to me, and it made you do another mitzvah. That's how Hashem looks at our mitzvahs. When he looks at our averas, he's like, oh, yeah, okay, that was pretty bad. <laughs> You know what would happen in the world if we actually, if the world believed what we just said right now? Can you imagine? Like, what would happen in the Chinuch, in the world of Chinuch? What would happen in the whole world if we actually, everyone believed this? When God comes to have Rahmanis on his people, who's going to tell him? We say this, Ki mi yomar Again, when it comes to mercy, when it comes to rachmim, it has no end. It, it's not like uh, it, it, it ends here. Now you're on your own. So therefore, he says, With this broken hardness and this low spirit, we come and we beg a Kaddish Baruch Hu, V'yagolu rachamecha midasecha, your rachamim should be coming over onto all your midot, and you should work with us with the midah of rachamim. So we understand over here, just to recap this, um, again, how we can say mishana, all those things, we could say that in slichot. Yes, Hashem, you should answer us. The one that answered Avram Avinu, because he deserved it. Not that you need us to say he deserved it, but it's, I would assume that's how we all feel. But then, after all the chassidim to him, I come to Rachmana, the Aniye, the Aniye, Ay Veyaneina. Shem, I don't know if I deserve it or I don't deserve it, but I'm so brokenhearted. Ah, Shivron Lev, you're not trying to justify yourself? You're just coming as you are? Ah, let me take the magnifying glass and make a big, big deal out of your mitzvahs. Mamish think of it when our children try to justify their bad things as opposed to saying, look, I, I, I didn't really prepare for this test. I only got two answers right. You got two answers right? 
It's supposed to, the teacher is so stupid. They ask the dumbest questions in the world. It didn't make any sense. I only got two answers right. Oh, yeah, your teacher is so stupid? No, that's not how we, that's not how we approach it, right? Oh, they're so, yeah, they're such idiots? Oh, yeah, at least you got two right. No, it's not how it is. We want the magnifying glass. We want it on all of Am Yisrael, on all their mitzvahs. The way that we can bring down and evoke the midah of Rachamim is if we act like that already now on the way we look at other people. With a magnifying glass on their mitzvahs, with a magnifying glass on their schuyas. Remember, it says the Baalei Kabbalah say, the only way to really, really not be judged harshly at all, when it comes to that Roshani Yom Kippur at all, is if you spend Elul not judging anybody, ridding yourself of any level of judgment whatsoever. So you don't come to Rosh Hashanah and then say, look, I didn't judge anybody. You, you, you don't even talk like that. Yeah, Hashem sees, Hashem knows who, who's showing up. But this is also explains to us in a very like textual way why sometimes we jump into Aramaic. And now it's interesting to see, you brought up Pesach. I'm sure now we're going to see this in a lot of different places in the tefillah when we jump into Aramaic and with this, with this kivun of understanding, right now we don't want anyone to come and have any achizah. We don't want the angels to have any possibility to say anything. So what do we do? We're going to say it in the Lashon that they don't understand. Does, can anyone think of anything else offhand where this shows up? I mean, the whole Indian of the shofar is that the angels don't understand. Nachon. That's the definitely true. The whole Indian of Rosh Hashanah of two days, not blowing the shofar the last day of Elul, Yerbuv Satan. But where else I'm, ta- I'm thinking about where else in the Lushan that we have in the, in the, in the, in the, in the in Davening or in Aga, that it, you jump into Aramaic and it's suddenly. Right, there you say. And you know, you're supposed to say, you're not supposed to say it out loud either. The place is in Aramaic. Yeah. Right, that's give up. right. In the Brichme. Why? Because if an angel understood you say in Hebrew, it's you that I want, right? So what does the angel come and say? Is that really how you felt last night on Netflix? Be'an Arachitz. Really? Be'an Arachitz. Impressive. V'sashli mishalim delibayi. Really? Okay, I'll remember that next week. You know. The only way Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm just wondering. No, I don't. I don't think it's always the case. I'm just wondering where else it it, it could work. Meaning that I that I do a bypass, mm. and I just go because I need right now to have this like this one on one and this like this place of like please don't get. Don't come in the middle over here. We we have we have to have direct talk. So what do you be tempted to only talk in Aramaic? Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason. Right, right. Well, there is a reason why we uh, have had a oral Torah for thousands of years in a language that the angels don't know. Which many, you know, most people say this. It wasn't for the Gemara and the learning of God's will through an Aramaic language, we would have never been able to make it through Galut. Right? That's all Aramaic. 
I don't know. This is Stam like for, uh, Why Shava, is it Aramaic that they don't understand as opposed to English? Or any other language? Um, no. I, that I know. Uh, it's it's Aramaic as so opposed to Hebrew. Hebrew. That's what I'm saying. That it's a, it's as opposed to Hebrew. Any language but Hebrew. Nahon. I mean, I'm on camera. I, I'm back on camera now. I realize, like, <laughs> okay, it's time to be. Uh, have 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 guts. I insert when I'm really in in the zone. I insert in English. Um, in the middle of davening, sometimes. Like when it's really there, I just have to go there to that place, and um, I know that you went to Beis Yaakov. They tell you you're going to you're going to hell if you that do all that. The time. Yeah. yeah, right. No, I'm saying like the same uh, rules as you. Right, <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but I think that it's very important. Like, I mean, on the one hand, you can say then you should never say anything ever in Hebrew, right? So why do we say anything in Hebrew? Based on this. Well, because you need you need you need the white angels too. You need the white angels too, Nachon. And also not most of Davening is not but it's not talking about yourself and how much you deserve it. Mm-hmm. Most of Davening is acknowledgments of the Borei Barach. Mm-hmm. What is the angel what is the angel gonna say about that? It's more of this moment of being like, Okay, what what's really my going on personal. inside of me? My own personal, my authenticity. So that's why it's great what you say. Like Brich Shmei is a, it's like a very personal, where I'm at kind of tefillah. No, no, no. This is we're bypassing you guys. We're going directly there. So I give us a bracha just for this week. Take magnifying glass out a bit more when it comes to your own tefillahs, your children's tefillahs, your spouse's tefillahs. Make it look much, much bigger, Bezrat Hashem, because then there'll be more of a a flow of that way of relating to the Rebbonah and the way he thinks of you. And I, as we get into this place of Yemei HaRachamim, which is what we really want, all broken spirits should come before HaKadosh Baruch Hu and realize there's a place for you here. Hashem knows what you're feeling anyway. It's just this beautiful place of Rachmana, the Anei Svile Liba Aneina. Hashem should answer us from that place as well. And it should be a lot of Rachamim in all of us. Wednesday morning, we're going to continue here. And um, Shoshana, when are you teaching here? Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning, I think it's going to move to Jessica. Okay. Thursday morning. So Wednesday morning, we're going to be learning here, and it's going to be, uh, we're continuing with Rabbi Nachman, and specifically Rabbi Nachman, on Ledovit Hashem Ori Vishi this week, we're going to be doing that. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.